Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So what happens in the lead up to the festival is we have a call for entry. Um, and that is for the films that are in competition um, and also for participants for our Film Academy programs, which are more for industry. So we have one which is for the Southeast Asian Film Lab, uh, one for the Asian Producers Network and for our Youth Critics program. Uh, but then in terms of the films, uh, the competition sections are Asian feature films and Southeast Asian short films. Uh, and we would get hundreds and hundreds of entries yeah. for these. Hi folks, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal and I am a traveller who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this Melting Pot and enjoy the chats. Hi everyone, today I am in conversation with a very dynamic and lovely Emily Ho. Emily is the executive director of the Singapore International Film Festival. Um, she leads not just the organization, but also the festival. And um, as I understand, has a very vast experience in both media and marketing. So thank you so much for joining me today, Emily. Oh, no, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. <laughs> okay, so let's just kickstart the conversation with a little background um, on you and your journey so far and then uh, what kind of led you to start working with SGIFF? Sure. Uh, I haven't had a very straightforward career. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So maybe I go backwards. So I've been working in the in the art and culture field in Singapore for arts nonprofits since two thousand seven. Uh, so first of all, with the substation, um, and then at the Astonate, the National Performing Arts Centre, um, and then with SGIF, so with the festival. Um, so it is the first role I've had that is dedicated to film, um, but. Going back to the substation days, uh, it had a very strong film program, um, but obviously was very multidisciplinary. Uh, And then Esplanade, I was looking after more theatre dance and then also partnerships. Uh, If you cycle back, um, I had a career in uh, marketing communications and editorial. Um, so I was a fashion editor for a magazine. I was working for a PR consultancy. 
Uh, and actually that led me into my first job at the substation as marketing manager and then left as, as the general manager. Uh, then going back before that, so I have a th- right now a three-stage <laughs> career. <laughs> um, I was, well, I was born and raised in Australia and moved to Singapore in 1998. Um, but in Australia, my career was actually in retail and retail management. Um, so a very customer-focused um, industry, uh, and obviously with a fashion element. Uh, I wasn't in, in high fashion, I was in high street fashion. Um, yeah, so so very customer service-oriented, then obviously very communications-oriented. Uh, I had no idea where my career was going to lead from those two quite different, with some similarities, sort of careers. Um, and then, yeah, I've, I've landed in the arts, which has obviously the creativity, you need to be able to communicate well with obviously the audiences that we serve. Um, and then there's also the artistic side, but generally my roles have been more on the management side of things and working with our uh, artistic or programming team. So do you think that communications is really your strength? One of them. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to ask. So if you can elaborate on that, and um, what would you say that um, is is actually your main strength outside of communications? Communications, you said, is one of your strengths. Mm. So what would be your main strength? Gosh, um. I really don't know if I have a main strength. I have I have all these skill sets that sort of combine Nine. all together. Um, and I think that is also, you know, managing in the substation Esplanade and SGF. You've got two quite small organisations, especially if you compare that to Esplanade. Where you've got quite small teams and on the management side of things, you're doing many, many, many different things. So you might be doing IT, finance, HR, some marketing, um, and then obviously working with the programming team, but generally that would, that would uh, they would work with the artistic director if, if that's the role, or in the case of Estrid with the, with the program director. Um, so I think the strength now is able to manage all of those different elements for the organization, uh, also having that top view um, and sort of serving the organization, knowing strategically where we want to go. Right, yeah. yeah. So I guess uh, what you're saying is um, uh, your strength would be to uh, see how you can take SGIFF forward um, and, you know, head it in a different direction um, to what um, it has been for the past 33 years, right? Because it's it's uh, 32 years, because um, this is the 33rd edition, correct, of the film yes. festival? Yeah. Okay, so um, let's move on a little bit um, to the festival itself, um, as, as I've just said, it's going to be the 33rd edition. Um, it, you know, for, for viewers and listeners who are not familiar with the processes that go behind um, 
um, actually hosting a film festival, if you could just, um, you know, just uh, very briefly uh, take me included uh, through <laughs> the process, that would be interesting. Sure. Uh, so we we obviously have the festival. It's 11 days this year. It happens to be from the 24th of November until the 4th of December. But actually beyond that, uh, we have a film fund grant um, with applications that open roughly around the end of the festival into February. Um, we have community screenings this year. We did a screening at our Tampanese Hub in the Heartlands uh, for National Day. We started a um, film club, the SG Film Club, um, and that was pulling films out sometimes from way back in the early 2000s. We would screen the film, uh, not in a cinema setting, but in a more casual setting with some food and drinks. But actually the, the beauty of that is the conversations that are facilitated after the film. And, we and, and these are all um, Singapore produced, directed films. Uh, the majority were, but not all. Not all, okay. Yeah, not all of them. Um, we have a student program, uh, which is the film immersion program. It's for secondary and tertiary students, uh, where we have a scaffolded program for teachers. Uh, and that's just to encourage the teachers to give the students a different outlook of what film can be and an exposure to some of the amazing film that is coming in from around the region. And again, getting them to have conversations about what they've seen and giving them some, some vocabulary and perspectives of how to talk about it. Um, and, and obviously the student and the education part is, is vital to sort of the, the film literacy and building that through students and then into adulthood and hopefully just developing a, a love for all sorts of film. Because I really do think there there is space for every sort of film from the mainstream to us with the festival, uh, things that are more independent um, and that may not get a showing in Singapore beyond the festival. Um, so what happens in the lead up to the festival is we have a call for entry um, and that is for the films that are in competition um, and also for participants for our film academy programs, which are more for industry. So we have one which is for the Southeast Asian Film Lab, uh, one for the Asian Producers Network and for our Youth Critics Program. Uh, but then in terms of the films, uh, the competition sections are Asian feature films and Southeast Asian short films. Uh, and we would get hundreds and hundreds of entries yeah. for these. Yeah, sure. um, <laughs> so the programming team, uh, it sounds like a lovely, glamorous role. Uh, you get to see some amazing, amazing film, but there's a lot of it. Uh, you know, it could be around 1,500 or more films that come in that have to be watched. Um, and then they're all assessed. This is, as you can imagine, not a short process because uh, then there are the discussions after that between the, the programming department about, you know, what, what are they looking for, what are the strong ones, what should be programmed, and then on top of all of those entries that come in, we're in contact with distributors, with agents and with filmmakers directly, and they might be sending their films in also. Um, so that happens over a number of months. Then there's all the marketing and uh, like our key visual for this year. These are all in development. 
uh, months beforehand trying to sort ourselves out. We're trying to nail down venues, which this year, <laughs> this year was the challenge uh, because we're fighting against all the companies that are coming back and doing all their corporate events, um, big mice events, yeah. weddings. <laughs> Um, so there was a lot of competition for venue. Uh, fortunately, that's that's all been sorted out. But so we just try and put as much into place as possible in the lead up to the to the actual program. So then, every yeah. film is screened just once, or uh, do you have multiple screenings of the same film? We do have some titles that we feel uh, would have adequate demand to have a, a second screening. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, over the years, we, we have sold out screenings every year uh, and quite a number of them. I think last year we had maybe 40 screenings that were completely sold out. Um, so it's this fine balance of, of giving enough capacity. And thankfully, we're not restricted by capacity, whereas the last two years we have been. Yeah. Uh, if you recall in 2020, uh, I think you could only have 50 people in, in a yeah. cinema, regardless of the, of the size of the, the venue. So we're we're quite thankful that, that we do have those lifted at the moment. So how many venues do you have this year? Uh, we will be screening in two of the projector venues. So that's the Picture House um, at the Cafe building and also their Golden Mile venue. Um, Film Guard at Cullum and then Carnival, which is also at Golden Mile. So that's like one little pocket of, of venues. Uh, and then we have Oldham Theatre, um, GV Plaza Singapore, and then the the other projector, which is at Pitch House, and that's another little. Okay, so there's there's yeah, so it's literally um, not all across the island, but I think no. yeah, but I think you've you've covered um, enough ground. Um, yeah. So um, I mean, we try and keep it central because we know that there are people who who will be rushing from one screening to another to catch the next film. Yeah, yeah. So we don't want to make it too spread out. Spread out, yeah. Uh, but we also we can't take over completely, like, one whole cineplex. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a balancing act in terms of the scheduling, the timing, the durations. We've got one film that is seven, seven hours long from Love DS this year. Um, seven hours long? Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. He's quite the master. He's quite the master. But he also does shorts. We had we had one of his shorts last year. <laughs> oh my god, that is a marathon. And I'm I mean, seven hours. I I don't think I've watched a feature film that long. Wow, yes. that's incredible. It's a feature film plus. plus. It's a plus plus, I would say. <laughs> Okay, so um, you did mention independent films uh, that may not be screened outside of your uh, festival. So is there, is there a future for independent films outside of film festivals, in your opinion? Um, I think there is a lot of it, and this is something that we aspire to, to try and grow the audience here in Singapore. Um, as I said, the, the mainstream film-going community is strong um, and there's some great titles that are, that are there. 
similarly, we also think that there are some fantastic titles uh, within the festival and kind of the festival circuit. Um, and there's just some fabulous talent that is coming out from Singapore and the region. Um, and generally speaking, your talent is really going to come through independent film. Uh, we have, as I said in the competition, some short programs, uh, but also for Singapore, we have short programs as well. Um, and generally, you know, the, the training ground is in short film. And then you, if you feel like it in your career and you make that decision, you may progress into features or you could go commercial. So there's there's a number of different paths that you could take. Um, but we're seeing, you know, I, no shortage of shorts that are coming to us. Um, and that is in some way a barometer of, you know, the the encouraging environment of, of filmmakers that are, that are making shorts and producing shorts. Um, and then it is remain, it remains to be seen where they go from there. So actually in the festival, the next step beyond the shorts is our competition section for Asian, Asian feature films. And it's only for filmmakers who are making their first to third feature. So it's still within that realm of developing, uh, developing filmmakers who are in the early stages of their feature film career. Um, and so, you know, you, you, you just uncover some absolute gems. Um, and then you can also say, oh, I saw, I saw that filmmaker making short films that I saw during the festival in Singapore. Uh, and then, you know, you, you hopefully see their progression if they so choose to take that progression through into future films. The 33rd edition of the Singapore International Film Festival continues to drive a new agenda for change. A fabulous lineup of 101 films from over 50 countries will be screened from the 26th of November until the 4th of December 2022. For more information, visit their website www.sgiff.com. So you were saying that um, the the talent that's emerging from Singapore, the local talent, is um, over the years, you've seen, I mean, I know that you've been with SGIFF um, for, what, two years now or three years? Uh, I started the day before Singapore. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
went into lockdown. So oh God, that's <laughs> challenging for you. Wow. Yes. So, so that was April 2020. April 2020. But you've obviously been following the journey um, because you were, you, you know, you've been in the industry. Mm. Um, have you seen a shift? Um, and have you seen a lot more Singapore talent emerging and being encouraged outside of the film festival as well um and you know is it is it looking like um um young people because you did mention that you know part of your uh, strategy is also to reach out to uh, schools um and and you know and start the encouragement from there um um have you seen like uh, a shift have you seen more and more young people because you know there are a lot of challenges um it's not easy to even if it's a short um it's it's the equipment it's you know the know-how uh locations the artists um everything and then the post-production so it's not it, it it's not like a very straightforward um easygoing process um so have you seen a shift um i'm i'm quite fortunate that when i was at the substation there was a program that um just accepted films from anyone it didn't matter who you were and there were generally shorts um and i think that's why i keep on talking about shorts because you don't know what you're going to see yeah. but i would say in terms of a shift um you can see that the the production values are getting better and better. Um, there's probably more collaboration, I would say, um, within the film community. Uh, and then in the next level, perhaps between countries also. Mm. Um, and you can certainly see that in the in the larger productions and in television um, and in your more commercial. Uh, aspects um but we are also seeing it within independent cinema as well um you know there, there's been a lot said about uh Shuming's, Shuming's Ajuma um yeah. it has done just amazingly well and got so much coverage that I think it well deserves um Shuming actually presented that uh when I when I mentioned that Southeast Asian Film Lab uh, he actually presented that and pitched a Juma in the first film lab that we held. And there is a most promising prize uh, that comes out of that every year. And a Juma actually won that and Shuming won that. Um, so these industry programs are also crucially important to help in that development from the early stages. Yeah. Um, we have, I think, two or three other films within the festival this year that have also participated in the in the SG Film Lab um, over the years. So, you know, whatever we can try and do within these programs to help the filmmakers build that knowledge that you you were talking about, to but to also build the networking across um, countries or even within Singapore. Um, but some of these projects also take a long time. I think what I read that Shuming took six six years, was it, for for Ajuma to really start to eventuate. And my God, he he 
he has taken on a huge project. I was just sitting there thinking um, when I was watching it, you know, on set, what happens? You've got people speaking English, Mandarin, Korean, uh, just from a communication standpoint, because you need to be, if you're thinking about being in a director's seat, you're directing your actors perhaps in a language that they don't necessarily understand. So then you've got interpreters and, you know, even when you have interpret interpreters in any situation that yeah, slows down the lost. whole process. <laughs> no, and also sometimes, you know, the messaging, it can get lost in trans translation. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating. You need a certain type of talent, mm -hmm. passion, yeah. um, and drive to be yeah. able to put, um, something like this together. So yeah, Absolutely. hats yeah. off, hats off. It's, it's very much a community event. I mean, it, yeah. it's very difficult to do this on your own. Hats off to, there are people that do it. I, don't, I have no idea how they do it. Hats off to them. Yeah. Uh, but it is, you know, you're creating, you're creating a village uh, to, yeah. to create everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and also I think what's interesting is that then you have, um, because it's different cultures um, and their perspectives, you know, so it kind of gives you an understanding of their perspective or the way they think as mm -hmm. well as um, an amalgamation of different cultures. I think it's, it's like my show, The Melting Pot, right? So yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it's, yeah, no, it's fantastic. So... Uh, well, actually, one of those, I, I think some of those aspects also are what we feel and uh, you've seen our, our key visual, which is all the lines, sort of geographical, and the inspiration for that is that film can be a vehicle that can portray different stories, different perspectives, uh, different viewpoints. Also, just different styles from people from around the world. Um, and I think that's also what inspires us and what film can do to communicate. Um, also, creatively, you know, you, you have these maybe slightly left of centre formats that are unusual, not a linear storyline, um, may not follow some kind of logical progress but it also makes you think, oh, well, this is just another way that you can communicate that might be unusual to me, but it still works and you still receive the message, which the message for me might actually be different from the message for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and what you take away from it could be something completely different. So the conversations that then come out of this are sometimes just wildly fascinating because someone's just got something completely different out of it and you go, oh, wow, I never thought of it. Thought about it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I mean, you know, film is a language in itself. Um, and, yeah, no, that's interesting. So... Um, what are some highlights? Obviously, you can't go through the whole, uh, you know, the whole, because I know it's 101 films that are being showcased, um, shorts and features and documentaries and all of that. So just if you could pick a couple of, I know it's, it's not easy to do, um, mm -hmm. but just a couple of highlights, if not the films, um, actually, I won't say if not, um, I would say films as well as some of the fringe 
um, events that you are actually going to be doing around the festival, which uh, probably hasn't happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So if you could highlight a bit of both, yeah, uh, of that would be great. I do admit I haven't seen everything in, in the program. Um, whereas the programming team, you know, they can talk backwards, forwards, sideways about all of these films. Um, so there, uh, I am actually, I've seen parts of the opening film. Um, I actually want to sit down and watch it in its entirety. And actually I want to see the cinema because the cinema experience is so vastly different to watching it in front of your computer or even if you've got a big screen because you know my cat comes jumping along and wants some attention or, <laughs> or I'm talking to someone or I don't know folding laundry or something so so being in that beautifully dark kind of enclosed environment where you can just completely focus makes it an enormous difference. and also so I think then you're very intimate with what you're seeing on the screen Yes. Yeah, because yes. you uh, you it's like you're you're captive, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. Yeah, no, you I I completely get um, the difference. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to assault. Uh, it also happens to be the first time that that we have a Central Asian film. Um, if you watch the trailer, I mean the 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 trailer just appeals to me immensely. Um, the, I've talked about the shorts a lot, so definitely the, the shorts programs. Um, I'm quite interested, actually, and it's because it is an area of the world that I haven't had a lot of exposure to, is we have a domain section, um, and it is films from Southwest Asia and North Africa. Um, so, again, it's a, for me, it would be just seeing what, is coming out of those regions in particular, um, just because I've, I've not had the, the chance in the past, I think, uh, really to to watch films or or be so aware of filmmakers um, that are coming out of out of those two regions. Um, so those are quite interesting for me. Uh, a new thing that we're doing is we have VR screenings. We've got two local films. Um, they are VR screenings, so they're not in the cinemas. Um, but they'll be at 42, 42 Waterloo Street. Uh, so we've got sessions for those. There. They're actually two local local films and they're VR screenings. Um, so that's quite exciting. We've played a bit of our forum talks and panels. Um, so we have these every year. It might be in conversation. We will have an in-conversation with the director of Assault, um, Adil Khan. Uh, but the, the two that we're playing with, we've kind of gamified one. It's called Mildly Offensive, Sometimes Accurate. Uh, the panelists, I think, are given a statement and they have to justify their reaction to uh, a statement. So basically they're pitting their viewpoints against each other, but uh, it's actually the audience members who are continually asked to vote uh, based on how they justify their viewpoints. Um, so yes, it's it's very much a, a game five kind of sort of can't really talk call it a talk anymore. Um, and then we also have usually every year um, a panel that addresses where cinema is going in the future. 
Um, so the one that we have this year is called We All Paint Ourselves Green. Um, it's being held in, a, in an extended reality uh, studio. So it, it talks about, from a filmmaker's perspective, what is the technology that is available to them? Um, are, what are their experiences like for those who have actually used this new technology or ranges of technology? Um, what perhaps are the challenges also? Um, especially because the filmmakers that we work with are not big studios with huge, big budgets. You know, they're independent filmmakers with uh, quite um, small budgets and, and very, very cost conscious. So what does this technology all mean for them? So those, those are just a couple of quite interesting things that are, that are happening. Interesting. Yeah, no, it sounds like it's going to be um, packed 11 days <laughs> of <laughs> cinema and a lot of engagement and conversations, which is great. Um, before I let you go, um, just one question about you. Um, what do you enjoy doing outside of work? At the moment, we're, the whole team is pulling such long hours at the moment. I really like to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to get in some exercise, but that kind of went by the wayside this past weekend. Um, I it, So I go indoor rock climbing. Indoor rock climbing. Um, okay. Yeah. So that, that, that is something that kind of... Um, disconnects you from work and it's 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 like fun and you enjoy doing right. that okay yes. interesting because yes. you're, you're very focused uh as someone told me a number of years ago emily you're not getting any younger <laughs> <laughs> and you need to do some resistance training type exercise so i <laughs> took that to heart <laughs> And I decided that I would uh, try my hand at rock climbing. Um, and so that, that's kind of how it all started. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's good because you're you're completely focused. You, you need to focus on what you're doing. It is strength training, also resistance training, but it's also technique and, and strategy. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a great combination because you're, you're just completely focused. Yeah, because um, if you're not focused, yeah. then um, things can happen, right? <laughs> yes, off, off the wall you go. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, thank yeah. you so and much. Then I think, yeah. I, I think the, the other thing is just uh, being grounded by family. So, yeah, my kids, my partner, Trying to trying to balance this, and I, I don't know if you have a, a similar balancing act with different parts of your life, but you've got work that, and in this stage, the festival is so all-consuming, making sure that you're also giving time and attention to your loved ones as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I really do find that a bit of a struggle, uh, especially in these weeks leading up to the festival. Yeah, I know. But I guess, um, you know, once the festival is, but I, I you know, I was going to say once the festival is done, then it's a breather for you. But I don't think it is because, <laughs> you know, then there'd be a lot of um, the whole PR mechanism that kicks in. And, you know, there's, 
yeah it it's um it, it's not like and you mentioned how you know you start months and months and months ahead because of submission of films um you know the whole process getting the licensing and all of that um so that's already started then it's like full on during the festival and then it's the post um festival conversations which i guess are equally important so in mm -hmm. short my opinion and my impression is that there's no time off for you <laughs> <laughs> i'll have a couple of weeks off in december it's okay <laughs> that's good well deserved um thank you so much emily i've really enjoyed chatting with you and uh, thank you and uh, good luck with the festival Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll see you at the festival. Yeah, if I'm not traveling, I'll be there. Um, there is a likelihood of me not being in Singapore. Ex oh, no! Yeah, exactly during, I was just mentioning it to someone else as well. Um, I think to Lavender, whom I interviewed yesterday. Uh, but, but I'm hoping to be able to catch some of the films outside of the film festival if I can manage to get a hold of them um, yes. so yeah but if I'm in town I'm definitely going to be there fabulous <laughs> thank you so much Emily you have a wonderful week ahead thank you thank you so much take care you too bye for more weekly conversations do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify Apple and Google Podcasts Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.